Have you ever thought about that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? I did. I actually bought two homes in Albuquerque that I Airbnb'd, and it was just an amazing investment, honestly, because, you know, as you are accruing value in your property, you are also making money on the Airbnbs. It's amazing. So your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila is a must-have. It's an award-winning tequila. It's infused with real juice, with real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. It's real. So you need like two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Hey, um, you know how I'm always trying to keep my house parties exciting? New cocktails? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Okay, well, here's something that's going to flip the script. Okay. All right. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about this, right. Oliver Hudson. Yeah, 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila that's infused with juice from real fruits. You only need two to three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. Wait a minute. I think I know what brand you're talking about. You know why? Yeah. Because 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend. It's female founded. That's right. See? Sounds See like how I know? Something I can get behind. I know. Well, there's a good story behind that for sure. Listen, if you love tequila... You have to try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. <laughs> sibling rivalry. That's good. Um, hello, it's me, it's Oliver Hudson, one of your two hosts from Sibling Revelry. We are missing one. We're missing the other Hudson, the Kate Hudson. The Kate Hudson is in Greece right now, making a movie. She's working. The bro is taking over. We're going to make it hot. We're going to make it great. I mean, maybe, just maybe, we're going to get some comments that say, hey, you know what? You just do it on your own. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but, uh, Kate, I love you. I miss you. You know, you're making the world a better place by being in an action comedy. So to replace Kate and to have a, uh, an extremely in-depth interview into our relationship, because this is, this is the path that we're going to take for this particular episode, is my beautiful wife, Erin Hudson. She is here. She is with me. She is sitting next to me. Say hi. Hi. Okay. So... <laughs> What we're going to do here is I'm going to interview her. I'm going to ask her questions about me, things that I think I know about myself, things I think that 
you know, I, I think that she might think about me. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to get into the depths of our relationship starting from the beginning. And I might have a few questions for you. And she might have a few questions for me as well. So let's get started. Babe, um, I need your age. Okay. Your weight. <laughs> your height. Why, first of all? This is what we do with all of our guests. Oh, okay. Um, so when was the first time that you noticed me? <laughs> um, let's see. First time I noticed you was actually the first night I met you. In Sandy Marshall's acting class, you were in the front row. I was in the way back. We had, did have a mutual friend. Mark Rose, I'm sure you've mentioned him before in your podcast, mm-hmm. and he introduced us just as his friend. This is Oliver. I definitely thought you were cute, but it was not my like, style or vibe. You okay, had, like, a, a, I wasn't your type. <laughs> yeah, you were. What's your, what was your type? <laughs> um, I don't know. At the time, a little more like East Coast, maybe a little like preppy khakis white t-shirt and what did um, i what did i look like you had on <laughs> like vintage levi's like a rocker tee and like a black leather jacket <laughs> <laughs> very rock and roll very like kind of long hair very cool but mm-hmm. and then i remember we had a few classes together and i remember like smiling at mark like, oh, he's kind of cute. And Mark's like, he's dating someone. He's mm-hmm. in a relationship. And it's relationship. serious. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, but then we got paired together to do a scene. So we had to rehearse this scene together. So we were meeting up every week at someone's house and going over this scene because we were supposed to put it up uh, at some sort of a showcase. So we really kind of got to know each other. And that's when you started to fall in love with me. Um, I definitely, yes, started to, (laughs) um, find some qualities that I was attracted to. Was there anything that you did, you were like, ugh, in the beginning physically? No, I mean, I just, it was like I said, kind of like style and, you know, but then obviously it was you know, just our connection and it was kind of your sense of humor, our back and forth, like just the energy of being around you. I remember saying to my best friend, Jackie, at the time, I was like, I don't know, this is kind of like feels weird, but I'm like nervous to go in and see him. Mm-hmm. She was dropping me off. Yeah. And then that just, that feeling was kind of there where I knew and then I was kind of like thinking about you, but I think because you had a girlfriend, it allowed us to kind of be friends and know that there was no awkwardness of like trying to, you know, get to know somebody or when there's the openness of like, oh, we're two single people. It immediately creates something different. And this was like, oh, all right, he has a girlfriend. And she was beautiful and a Buddhist and, you know, part of the family band. Mm -hmm. No, she was. (laughs) She was. And, you know. You were very attractive. I mean, you were hot, so hot. And then, uh, but I was good. But it was a very flirty friendship, very flirty. 
you know. I mean, that was just our thing. I mean, from the beginning, it was playful and it was flirty, but it was yeah, a it's flirty, flirty safe because I kind of knew. Right. Like, and you were doing your I didn't, thing. I wasn't going to lead you on because I knew you couldn't be with me. You were doing your kind of charming thing that you do, which is. What is that? Know, just wanting everybody to fall in love with you. <laughs> That's a, that's a deeper psychological issue. Yeah, we can get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you did try to like send me up with your friend. I did. I thought Aaron that, was you know. so beautiful and fun and all of that. I was trying to set her up with my friends, even though I knew that that wouldn't happen and I didn't want that to happen anyway. You know, and then she was she had a little crew of girls that she would roll around with and they'd show up at the, the clubs and the bars and they'd be wearing like their white like tank top. And, you know, they're like dog collar chokers. And they had this whole little crew cruising around all the celebrities' homes after hours. And then she had a boyfriend. And then they broke up. And she was heartbroken. Um, And then she comes out and hangs out with me. And I think it's on. I'm like, oh, my God, we're finally going to, like, make it happen. And it didn't. It didn't. She just needed consoling. But I guess the nice part about that was you came to me for that for whatever reason. I did because I had a friend, you know, we had a friendship. We talked on the phone for like hours at a time. And like, yeah, there was something. We were definitely friends for about a year and a half prior. Yeah. And you knew about Simon. And when I called you when we broke up, I I called you when we broke up. Remember, I was like reading about him and Jamie Presley like as I was getting on an airplane. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, I was reading FHM, where you were talking about joining the Mile High Club with Simon. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. And your family had to read all that, didn't yes, they? Yes, they did. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's let's keep moving on. No, <laughs> we'll keep moving Aaron on. So, had a anyways, Mile High experience with I Simon and her parents, very... who are very East Coast. You know, a little bit more conservative. <laughs> had to read this article. The interviewer got me wasted. I know, Let's but just start Aaron's, there. Aaron's family's mistake a, number one. They're, they're amazing. Amateur move. They they follow everything that she does. They literally have clippings of her. Aaron was like Miss Teen Massachusetts. She was like runner up for Miss Teen America or whatever. I mean, she was a pageant <laughs> girl, and then she moves. She goes pageant to girl. she goes to Miami and she models and she's all hot model girl and dating bad boys bad boy who's now in jail but your parents would clip out every little thing and then keep it up and and then the fhm article comes out and she literally is talking about in explicit sort of graphic detail about how she had an experience in an airplane bathroom i can't even imagine imagine reading that about rio (laughs) imagine that i think i warned them not to read it i don't know you know so then then, then it all, then. Well, then we had a few months before we single. actually got together, both being single. Cause in my mind, I was like, you've been in a relationship. You started to like, you know, pretty much date or hook up with every girl in LA. And I was like, I'm going to let him kind of ride that out. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want to like ruin what we had a little bit. I, I, I knew our chemistry was going to be kind of like an all or nothing. This wasn't going to be like, Hey, let's like first base, second mm-hmm. base, mm-hmm. you know, first date, third date. I knew that wasn't going to happen. We had too much history, too much chemistry. <laughs> and it didn't. First night. And I just knew. I also was like- it, grand slam. Yeah. But I knew that if I did that too quickly, I would, I just didn't want to be like, 
another girl that you got or well what happened was too with on my end of things is like you know i was having a good time and aaron was part of the good time with other people i mean not all of us together but you know um yeah clarify that please (laughs) (laughs) and um but i was just starting to really like aaron and uh at some point i had to eliminate everybody else from the rotation is that your favorite word i don't want to say that Mm mm-hmm well, it was um, the early 2000s, so now that's not appropriate, but. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, but then. But I had to lay down the law, remember? I know, because there was ex- an exclusivity issue or a, or a conversation, but that was after Vegas. Mm-hmm. Because we went to Vegas. Vegas was crazy. Vegas is where everything happened, okay? Vegas is where we fell in love. Now. Were we chemically helped? I mean, maybe. We were there for the Super Bowl. It was three nights of just insanity. I was cruising around Caesar's Palace in like a in like a silk Superman robe. We were doing cartwheels in the hallway all night long, all day long. I mean, it was really a beautiful experience. And we were with all of our friends. We were having the best time ever. And we were in a hotel room and we were playing Truth or Dare. And I asked Aaron Truth. <laughs> and we weren't. 13. Yeah, but I asked Aaron, she said truth. And I said, I said, do you love me? Are you in love with Are me? Are you in love with me? And she looked at me, I think you, and then you nodded your head and you yeah, said, yeah. Said, yes. yes. Well, I also I had like ecstasy flowing through my butt, I, body. Like if, if like the, you know, yeah. room service guy came and said it, I would have been like, I love you too. Babe, you love me. But but I did. It was a year and a half of buildup. It was a year and a half of yes, developing was, a friendship, hours on the phone. And I remember like, Alex, our friend Alex was also like, dude, that's fucked up that you would ask her that question like that. I remember I'm like, what? And the psychology for me behind that is obviously I was way too afraid to say it myself. You know, I wanted her to say it first because, you know, then I wouldn't have to be hurt if mm-hmm. she in fact didn't say it back to me or didn't love me, but I don't think I said I love you back. I don't think you did. No, I don't think it was like that. No. So we had an incredible time in Vegas and then we came home and had to re- and, and, and had to discover whether or not it was real, you know, outside of just that insanity. Yeah. But the insanity ensued, really. I mean, even it was just in LA. Yeah, the insanity we were- <laughs> ensued. I mean, it was just a good time. It was before like emails and real cell phones, and it was just a young, you know, not a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. We were both just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. going on auditions and like going to clubs. I mean, it, it was a time. It was a really fun, crazy time. But I remember coming home and thinking, all right, like. I knew this would happen. We finally like are together physically. It's on. All I'm doing is thinking about this guy. And, you know, in my mind, I think I was like, all right, like, I don't want to just be one of those girls. I don't want this to die out. I don't want to like have him be like, oh, I finally got her and now I'm good. And I've always had kind of a little, you know, saying or thought, which is always like, be the one that no one can get. Which my dad always told me, and I thought it was great advice. No, I know. And by the way, I carried with you because in L.A., I had my friends who were like, oh, you know, you're hanging out with Aaron or whatever. And they're like, you know, they're like, no, you you won't be able to get her. 
No one can get hers. Like she, she's like an un- unattainable. And I was yeah, like, it was. It, 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 it wasn't like Ollie <laughs> like was up for the challenge. He was up for the challenge. <laughs> no, it was you know kind of playing hard to get. I, the thing is, at a certain point, I, I couldn't hold back anymore. I also didn't want to lose what we had, which was this friendship that I really did value, that I thought was different and amazing. We talk about the night on the phone, remember? Mm-hmm. And then, but you know, I, I said to you because I, I said to Jackie, I was like, you know, my best friend, and I would talk about it over and over. And I finally called and I was like, look, it's it's either like we're together, just us, or I don't really want to do this anymore. I'd rather like put it on hold and have you kind of do your thing and revisit it down the road. And I felt scared because I was like, oh, my God, there's a very good chance he could say, okay. Um, and we hung up the phone. I I was hoping that he would be like, okay, no, I'm all in. I'm all in. And you didn't. <laughs> you said, I have to think about this. And I remember hanging up the phone being like, that motherfucker, like to Jackie. And I was like, he fucking has to think about this. And I was spiraling and angry. And- well, because I had no, been but sleeping did- with I know my ex-girlfriend. You know, know what I mean? Like, we were broken up, I but name. I was like, huh? And a few other people that I, you know, I could name. I mean, you, no, you I know, but it was thing, more about but... her. I remember oh, right. that. It was yeah. like, God, I, like, I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to. Yeah. Is it over? Because I was still sleeping with her kind of, even though we were broken up. Yeah. You know, but then I called back pretty quickly. Well, you made it sound like, you know, I'll, I got to think about this. Give me some time. And I thought, what the fuck? And it was so mad. I th- you made it sound like it was going to be like a couple days. You got to go through some stuff. And it was like two hours later. You called back and you were like, okay, I'm in. Well, I was like, this is stupid. What am I doing? You know, what am I afraid of? Who am I? You know, it was one of those, you know, commitment. I've always been, I've always been a, a girlfriend guy. I mean, I've had three girlfriends in, in, in all of my life. I haven't even dated for a week or two weeks or two months or three months or six months. It's been in love or just having a good time, you know? So... I knew that when I was saying yes to that or when I was committing to that, that it was fucking real. So it was scary, you know, which is carried on throughout my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm always so scared. So we've actually been using Squarespace for a while now. Allison, I think Allison actually designed the Sibling Revelry website through them. Uh, I'm sure she is not educated in website building, and that's why Squarespace is so amazing. It was super simple for her to do. I have actually went on them one time. I remember I had this idea, this is years ago, for a company, and I was like, I need to see how you build a website. And I found Squarespace, and I went on. I actually did the trial and I uh, built this sort of fake website. And if I can do it, (laughs) anybody can do it on Squarespace. Um, It was very user-friendly, super easy, has everything you need to create a beautiful modern website. You can, you know, use one of the design templates or you can drag and drop and do all the fun stuff and get more intricate if that's what you're into. Squarespace is perfect for people who are ready to make their ideas a reality and want those ideas to stand out, okay? Design, boom, innovation, storytelling, entrepreneurialism, customer enablement. These are the pillars, okay? 
from websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. So go to squarespace.com sibling for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code sibling to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hair story. So I've been talking about hair story with our ads. I really love this uh, partnership. This is actually my sister-in-law's, or I mean, not my sister-in-law, literally, but basically my sister-in-law, so Danny's brother's wife, dad, (laughs) who's the founder, one of the founders of Bumble and Bumble, created this a company called Hair Story. And I believe Hair Story's new wash is probably the best product I've used on my hair in a long time. So new wash is sulfate, detergent, and shampoo-free hair cleanser. It's natural ingredients. They'll never strip your protective barrier. And it only removes the excess oil and dirt. And it keeps all the good stuff in and it really does work. He also did a great product called Hair Balm. It's like this kind of a, a, a wonderful after shower. I like to put it on after I kind of dry my air dry my hair a little bit. And then I put it on. And I honestly sometimes put it on when my hair is dry throughout the day. I love it. So the new wash is over 6,000 five-star reviews. Whether you have curly, straight, thick, thin, colored, gray hair, new wash... It, it's, it works. doesn't matter what, what texture you have. It's going to give you the healthiest, most touchable hair since childhood. Check out Hair Story at hairstory.com and use promo code SIBLING to get 15% off your first purchase. That's H-A-I-R-S-T-O-R-Y.com and use our code SIBLING to get 15% off hairstory.com. But then she invited, but then Aaron invited me. This was like almost spring ish. And then she invited me to go back east to her, to see her parents. And I was like, no fucking way, because Simon was there the summer before. And I'm like, I don't want to just be the next dude who's going to the Cape to like meet your family. Yeah, just get in line. <laughs> but I was a girlfriend person too, a relationship person. I didn't, you know, I had Steve for like a hundred years through high school and college, and then like the worst person on the planet <clears throat> for a minute, and yeah. then Simon. That was it. And yeah. Simon and I were like together for six months. Yeah, I mean, and by the not, way, you know. I knew Simon, I think even before Aaron, and I love Simon. Simon's a good dude. Um, so then you came <laughs> to the cave the next summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was on. Then you but you then you got your show and we went to Vancouver and once it was on and you were, you know. Yeah, I was in. So my history a little bit is this, okay? I had my first high school girlfriend. And, you know, it's high school, but I was in love. I mean, there's no doubt, and I know that now because I had I've been in love, obviously, since. And so I knew it was real. And I was a good boyfriend. Up until the last little bit, and I was a cheater, and I was bad, and I did some bad things. I was in high school, and but it hurt her, and it was devastating to me. 
And so then with my second girlfriend, I was so faithful, like super, super, super faithful to Vanessa. You know, then I was getting into another relationship and being committed and it was easy. I mean, honestly, it was, it was easy for me. Until it wasn't. <laughs> Until it wasn't. I mean, honestly, three were together for three years. Um, and we weren't really engaged. Faithful. Yep. Blissful. Wonderful. We weren't engaged. Years. So I bought her jewelry all the time. And, and, and I would always consult my mom because she's good with jewelry. And I'm good with jewelry as well. But I just wanted to, you know, always throw her things. What about this for Aaron? And and it was around Christmas time and I was getting her a Christmas gift and I brought these rings and some necklaces and I'm like, what do you think about this, this and that? And my mom's like, what are you doing? You know, why are you, why don't you just give her a ring ring? I'm like, you mean a fucking ring ring? Like an engagement ring? And, and I was scared. Marriage scared me, honestly. And I think I could probably speak for Aaron saying that she, you never thought that we were really going to get married. I didn't. I mean, I think... I was the opposite. I wanted a wedding. I wanted my dad to walk me down the aisle. I'm definitely more traditional. But I also felt like I know, you know, from my parents and, you know, their upbringing. My parents are high school sweethearts, by the way. But, um, you know, when you find somebody, no matter what it is, whether it kind of goes against maybe your religious, you know, beliefs or you know, parents or whatever it might be, it's hard enough to find somebody. So I was more excited just to have a life partner. And the, and the truth is, my dad used to always say this, you know, it isn't about the marriage. It's about who this person will be as a father if you have children. So I think for me, I was like, oh, that's going to be off the charts. Like, no question. And I just let go a little bit of the idea because I knew you weren't into it. You had your parents, you know, that weren't. And I said, okay, it isn't about like the certificate of marriage and legally being bound, but I did want to have some sort of like wedding or party or mm -hmm. fun part. Like yeah. That. And I was just sort of not, I saw Kurt and mom and I, I saw that work. And then I looked at my dad and mom who were married and I looked at that and I saw that didn't work. It was pretty basic. Right. So I, 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 my philosophy was why get married? What's the point really? Let's just be together and be in love and have a family and all that. Yeah. And I, and I've, I, I, I believed that I think in the beginning, I did think it was probably just a little bit of an excuse. I was kind of like, and I would say, look, here's my parents been married since like, you know, mm -hmm. high school sweethearts, amazing marriage, still happy, laughing, having fun. So that was my model. So, you know, yeah, and, I, and, I believed in that. Right. And her dad is just one of the great human beings to ever walk on this earth. I mean, it is true. He's not in so many different ways. And Aaron's childhood. So is my mom. And her mom, her mom <laughs> is one of the greats too. But in, 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 in her childhood was like so idyllic. Um, it was fairy tale esque, you know, small town in Longmeadow, ride your bike to school. I mean, it was out of a movie. Parents are still well, compared together. Compared to you, I compared mean, to me, no, like I a normal, know. So, like East Coast small town, right? Upbringing. I'm just saying. I'm just talking about sort of your expectations of yeah, your man yeah, yeah. when when one is sort of having getting married or, or falling oh, right. in love, and you know, you're you're looking at your father figure in a sense, and you have to live up 
to who your dad, who your dad is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's no way I could do that. <laughs> but but you did have like if I was thinking about you know my dad, there is that you know kind of light up the room. Everybody's drawn to him. Um, charming, you know, the best like dad, father figure. Like you had a yes, lot of those qualities. Yes, yes. So you might not be as good of a golfer as my dad, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're there. I got the rings and my mom is like, what are you doing? I say, mom, I don't know. What are you, what are you nuts? Like I'm scared. And my mom basically said, she goes, look, this, does this ring that you were going to get her doesn't mean that you have to get married right away. It's a token. It's, it's, it's saying something. And she, she said, do you want to be with her for the rest of your life? And I said, I, I do. Yeah. Well then get her something just to show her that you can wait. And it sort of put me at ease a little bit. So I said, okay, fuck, here we go. And I bought her a ring at Neil Lane. I picked it out myself. And I had a whole plan. I bought my first house. We were moving into the house. You know, um, it's kind of a funny, cute story. There's boxes everywhere, sort of movie style. And um, we ate some food. It's raining. And I have this whole plan. I've got the ring. I've rehearsed a little bit of a speech. You know, what? I, uh, just to set it a little bit, we did have this thing that we would say to each other, our little like comment, which was like, guess how much I love you mm-hmm. from the children's book with the bunnies and the whole thing. And then, you know, it, it would be like, do you know how much I love you? And I would always say coyly, like, no. Right. You know, like, and then right. he would tell me. Right. It's like a cute little thing. Right, we did right, it on the exactly. phone. Exactly. Good. We yeah. Did it sometimes. Yeah. Us. So, so then, I had a whole. Do- okay, go. I have to just sell this part because <laughs> it's so good. So, we're moving into this house. It's so exciting. It's a cute little Spanish house in West Hollywood. And we're going through un- undoing boxes. And my friend Jackie has come over and she's there helping. And she looks up on the fireplace and she's like, what is this? And up on the fireplace, Oliver has found a box of like, say, memorabilia or whatever it is, of photos. And he has taken out like eight pictures of me and my ex, Simon, now that everybody knows, but, um, and put them up on the mantle. So it's like (laughs) us in Jamaica, like us cuddling, kissing, like, you know, on the beach, whatever, all up on the thing. And I come out, I'm like hysterically laughing. And that's just like who he is because this is actually the night that he's going to propose and I don't know this yet. So we had like a great night, you know, Jackie was there and you told Jackie you were going to do it, yes, remember? I so I'm in another room and you're looking at Jackie and you like show her the ring. She like bursts into tears and then she's like, I have to leave because I'm not going to be able to like see Aaron. Mm-hmm. And and he was like, oh, okay. And But she was so excited. So I come out of the room and she's just smiling at me like, Hi. Like a totally awkward, like weird, like she could barely keep it in. Of course, I had no clue what she was talking about. She's like, I'm going to go. I was like, okay, you know, love you. Anyways, we crawl into bed. It's well, late. I, I planned, I planned, I planned it. So I, I was going to, I wrote her a note. I was going to make her cry. Beautiful, and beautiful the note, love and the, letter. And the love letter amazing. just saying, you know, just I'm so happy to be moving into this house with you. Like starting our life starting together. Starting our life together. And how special you are to me and all the stuff. And boom, okay, cue the tears. Great. And then I was going to like just hold her and look at her and just going to say, do you know how much I love you? 
and like we do and she's supposed to coyly and cutely say no and then i'm supposed to i have the ring in my pillowcase i'm going to pull the ring out and say well this is how much i love you or something like that yeah. or this is well this is how much so, you know boom i had it I, it, it had it was going to go to plan it wasn't too it wasn't too difficult reads the letter crying check you know hug great then i go to the part where i'm like do you know do you know how much i love you and she goes yes and i'm like uh-oh <laughs> well because you had just written me this love letter right. it was amazing and i'm, I'm emotional the no was supposed to prompt me to say this is how much pull the fucking ring out and then boom we're off to the races but she says yes so I'm like, oh, you were like shit. stunned, and then I was like, just kissing you she and loving like, you, yeah, and, and you're like, you're supposed she goes, yeah. to say no. She was, yes, I'm like, no. I was like, oh, uh, I know, I love you too. What the fuck? <laughs> and I've got the ring behind me, and and then she saves me by saying, not she doesn't know there's a ring, but she goes, this is the best night ever. Oh yeah, and this is then, the best night ever. Then yeah. then I pull out the ring and I say, well, here's something to make it even better. Yep. That's Ta-da. what it was. And that then was boom. Amazing. So I improved, I recovered, and seen. And so I also had a fucking video camera recording all of this as we were so I'm filming her as she's looking at the ring. She goes, shut the fuck up, opens it up, you know, closes it, the whole deal. Yeah. Cause I, I was so in shock because obviously I had been prepping my family who was like, You've been dating this guy for three years. Like, is he gonna put a ring on your finger? And I had to tell everybody, I was like, No, he's not. And everyone's going to have to deal with that. Like my East Coast traditional family is going to have to accept that like we're going to be together. We're probably going to have kids, but like there's not going to be a wedding. Yeah. And speaking of East Coast traditional, one of the first questions she asked me. <gasps> oh, yeah. Right no, I'm at- literally in tears. So oh, yeah. excited. And like th- 30 seconds after I realized what's going on, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, what did my dad say? Like crying, all emotional. And he goes straight face like ghost. And he's like, uh, it's silent. I'm like, wait a minute you didn't ask my dad or call my dad. Like, and he's like, no. no. And he's like, didn't even cross my mind. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. Non-traditional versus dad. tradition. I, and I, was like, I did gentlemen. not. I did not. So what did we do? We proceeded to call my dad on the East coast and my mom. It and like, it was like, it was like three in the morning, three in the morning for them. So they're going to wake up with like a heart attack phone call, but Oliver did set it up. He called, right. I called her dad and I said, Brooks, He's like, hey, pal. I was like, I got some news. I got something to tell you. And he goes, what is it? And I take a beat and I'm like, Aaron's pregnant. (laughs) It's like a pause. (laughs) And there's a long pause. doesn't say a thing. And I'm like, ah, I'm just kidding. I just proposed. She said yes. And he's like, oh, fuck, man. Fuck, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, you know, it was actually smart because- you know, you hit him with the extreme the and then you pull back with the joke. Yeah. And then the fact that I didn't tell him or ask him, that goes away. Yeah. He was like just relieved. Yeah, it was just relieved. And um But then we did end up having an amazing wedding. We did, but 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 even even after that, which threw me for a loop, was the next fucking morning, Jackie and all your friends <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden show up at like 730 with baskets of already pre-made sweatshirts and like Mrs. Hudson. I'm like, when the fuck did they get this shit done? I mean, it was a few days, and but it, yeah, it, it was, was like, crazy. It was like a scene out of a movie, of a romantic and, and movie. Honestly, like- honestly, I remember exactly. I, I felt overwhelmed and I, yeah. I left the house. Yeah. I went to Duke's. 
I remember I went to Duke's and I had a chili cheese omelet by myself. I remember. And I remember being like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, what couldn't you wait till I, like Ollie wasn't here to come in with like baskets of like bride shit. And it was just, it was, mm-hmm. it, it was exciting. It was the girly, the girly stuff. And then from that moment on, the panic set in. And, and then everything was good. Oh, we got married. Went downhill. We got married and, and had kids. And yeah. Everything was good. Yeah. So should we break and go to commercial folks and come back for the good stuff? <laughs> Wish it was that easy, but it wasn't. Well, I thought it was because I didn't know that it wasn't. I know. We love article. Um, They have a new outdoor collection. I love when they have the new collections. I get my alerts and my emails. Um, It's called Desert Modern, which is great. So from easygoing lounging to long table luncheons, the pieces of Desert Modern are made to basically melt into, which you will see when you go and check it out. They're uh, really the deep earthy tones, hence desert, warm wood finishes, and it's a very summery look. You're going to like this a lot. So my favorites are the Soul Dolphin Gray Daybed, and the Tana stool. And it's perfect even if you don't live in the desert. So Article, we love them. You save up to 30% over any traditional prices. They're able to keep the prices low by cutting out the middleman, selling directly to you because there's no showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. It's right to you. And then, you know, we get to save some bucks. So you have incredible quality furniture that looks beautiful. It's fast, affordable shipping is available across the USA and Canada, and it's free on orders over $999. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash sibling, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash sibling to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So when you're all caught up on episodes of Sibling Revelry, I suggest checking out Life is Short with Justin Long. Justin chats with musicians, actors, and artists about how they get the most out of life. Justin... This sounds great. And each episode goes beyond what you'd expect to hear on an interview show. Justin is funny. Justin is sensitive. Justin is sweet. I really think you guys should go check this out. He's a good, he's a good human being. Um, very candid. Got a candid interview style, which I like. He knows just what to ask and how to pull all the unexpected stories out from his guests. He interviewed John Bon Jovi. He told this story where... Uh, he shared this moment where his mom, Bon Jovi's mom, wanted to crawl under the seats after his performance in a local talent show because it was so horrible. Or Allison Brie, she shared an unfortunate peeing incident that happened on the set of Mad Men. I've had one of those, except it came out the other end. Um, but he has hard-hitting questions, too. Like, if you could have one snack food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Huh? What would it be? Listen to the latest episode of Life is Short, 
with Justin Long on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Wondery. Feel the story. There's a lot of lessons in this story. We won't get too detailed. But basically, I just went, I just took a downward spiral. I mean, I don't know what it was. Three years, I was perfectly good. And then after the engagement, something happened. And I started to drink a little bit more. And I just became detached and went into party mode and into major avoidance of some kind. And I don't know if this was triggered by, well, it probably was triggered by the the, the, the bridal baskets, the bridal baskets, <laughs> just the finality, I guess, of what it means to be married, maybe dealing with my parents and their divorce. And I don't know, but I also, just, you were a baby. I don't was, forget. You were like 20, uh, 28 when we got engaged. Oh, no. Yeah. 27. 27 or 28. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you was Yeah, you I mean, I hadn't, de- I hadn't experienced a, a ton of life. I had never lived alone. I lived with a roommate or whatever. Anyway, these are all bullshit excuses, but I just tumbled into darkness and I was unfaithful and I was out on the scene and partying and doing my thing. And, and of course, me thinking I had, you know, found my like night and... Shining armor, whatever the saying is, um, who had had unfaithful boyfriends in the past and kind of put Ollie up on this pedestal due to his dad and his childhood and never wanted to do that and all that kind of stuff. When I look back, of course, there were red flags and I saw it happening, but I was so, of course, naive is going to be the obvious word that comes, you know, to mind. Um, and I'll take that. But I think I also had a better belief in you and and just I was not a jealous person. And when I say that, like I truly mean I was not jealous of him going out. I wasn't jealous of the girls throwing themselves at him. I literally almost liked it. I felt like it was a compliment, right, that all these girls liked him and that he was hot. I always felt like, well, I know he's not going to cross the line. He's still going to come home with me. And I fell in love with you because you were flirt and charming and all of that stuff I loved about you. I wasn't threatened by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the confidence in me, I, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, looking back, of course, now there's a million red flags that I either just didn't choose to see or want to see or want to believe. <clears throat> yeah. You know? But I was I, I also didn't ever catch you. I, there was nothing that I could. No, there was no getting caught, and we'll get into that in a second. But for me, just to talk about my personal state of being, I, I was. Uh, it was a. It, we. I called it like a, a after therapy and going through all of this. I called it like a lowercase addiction, like a lowercase a addiction in a sense, because. I would come home and I would shower and I would cry in the shower and I would have shame, deep shame. But then I'd, you know, mix a drink and get right back out there. You know what I mean? So there was a lot that I was masking, you know, a lot of psychology that I was, had yet to come up. I mean. Mm -hmm. I also looked at, I think a lot of it, you know, at the time was I knew you had insecurities, right? Like I knew that you needed kind of your ego to be fed a little bit and I but I didn't mind that. I just didn't realize how deep 
down it was going and, you know, you going out and partying and staying out late, you know, I was like, all right, like, you know, it just, it, it just wasn't a threat to me, but I did start to sense like, okay, if I'm not enough and like, you know, you need other women to, you know, cause look, we all want to go out or be wherever we are and, you know, feel like we're attractive or that it, it I mean, it feels good. I mean, that's, I'm just being hundred percent honest and you know, humble, you still, even if you're in a relationship, whether you're dating or married or you still, you know, want to know that you could, sure. um, you know, I, I, I guess my feeling was like, Hey, if I went out to a bar and I knew I could still get, you know, a guy or I could go home with someone like, that's what I would have, that's where I would have drawn my line on my confidence or my ego. It's like, all right, I still got it. Mm-hmm. And I think yours started there and it just, kind of went down into a mm-hmm. darker spiral yeah. of needing to knowing that you could get the girl then knowing that you could and you kind of want to or where it just it just you know yeah no i know it was just it was a bad spot and it was about two years of just cycling spiraling down into this hole and then we got married which was an incredible fucking wedding i mean one of the all-time great weddings Honestly, I mean, it was about 90 people <laughs> and, and I was such a fucking dick. Oh my God, I was a dick. But I, I, I don't know if I would have changed anything. So Aaron has her amazing friends from college who I love and home and, and, home and everything else. Yeah, right. And I've got my family and, and I wanted to make it small. Like intimacy matters to me when I'm speaking, you know, words from my heart. Like I don't, I don't especially like having a wedding when you didn't want to have a wedding. So right. I, I didn't want anyone there who I didn't know. So <laughs> no, he literally, you said to me, I don't want to have to be introduced to anybody at my own wedding. Yes. And with your parents and, you know, all this yeah. stuff, and, you know, it made sense. And um, it was. Oh, my God. People are going to hate me for this. I know. But, but. No, but it was it, it, like, here's the thing. What happens is, you know, if I have one friend and the husband and then, but it's a group of friends from everybody. Right. So all it's those a group kind of, of friends. Happen. It's fine. It all turned out amazing. It was small and intimate few people might have not been happy but like right because well we I'm just saying, no I, I know but i but we didn't tell the thing like i i was like your girlfriends from college i love it but their husbands or boyfriends who i don't know or didn't know at the time I didn't know yeah. at the time right now i All do them, yeah, didn't know yeah. i was like i don't really want them to be at my wedding so well we had to so, cut numbers is really what was happening because where we were and space and so who ended up getting cut was people that Oliver didn't know. He has a very small family. I know everybody in his family. Oh and it was I had to say it to my parents too. You can't have like the bigger wider right. group of friends. I we had all family, a few close friends right. that are basically like but you the, know, all the friends but, all the husbands came to Cabo mm-hmm. but they just didn't come to the wedding yep. <laughs> they were at the they because were at other hotels and just my friends that have you know normal jobs and they aren't in the entertainment <sighs> business was like we're taking a fucking vacation to Cabo right. like great Terrible. like go I mean Terrible. I apologize to all you boys out there. My that's my my bad. And like but, my but friends, I, you know, who want that were single. I just you know we also said know. if you're single, do not bring a date. Right. There were no right. dates. Right. You had right. to le- like literally be like married, and we had to know your partner. So that right. happened because I remember Tracy. Yes. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was an incredible wedding. Incredible uh, speeches. Uh, Aaron's brother like brought the house down. Uh, my brother Wyatt brought the house down. It was just unky. beautiful. We we partied till five in the morning. It was so much fun. It was just an, a, one of those moments. Just a really, really fun wedding. And then I will say this. So that was June 6th? 9th. 9th. I was, I was <laughs> it, up. it was June 9th, 
So from June 9th on. And I will say this though too, in our, in our vows, I didn't cry and you were weeping and a mess. And I think it was a lot of your guilt and shame and just kind of like, holy shit, I've been a fucking horrible person. Yeah. 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 And Um, I was an angel and perfect. And I know. I know. And then, so. Um, we spend my birthday in Colorado, and we won't get into. Well, it. we went on our honeymoon. Oh, honeymoon it was, epic. was amazing. Yeah. amazing. I mean, it was just beautiful. And by the way, you know, I was good from that point on. Once marriage happened, I was good. And then my birthday comes around, and um, we're driving back from Vegas, and uh, basically, we we're at dinner. Well, you got a call. In I know. We, won't, okay, I mean, okay, we, can okay, we can get into all the details. We only have so much time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, Anyways, I mean, long story short. Yeah. No, so much time. We can do a, I, we can do a part two if we, in the comment section. They want to hear more and more and more. But, let me just say it really quick. We, okay. were, we tried to get pregnant that summer on the honeymoon. I had gone off the pill. That was kind of our goal right away. And it didn't happen. And so we were driving home from Colorado to LA. We stopped in Vegas had a great night. We're sitting at dinner and I was like, God, I got my period or whatever. And I, you know, I was, I was bummed, but I was like, whatever, it's a few months. And you were like ghost white, really like awkward and, you know, just sad. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like he really wants a kid. And I was like, it's not going to be okay, babe. Like it's going to happen. And you were just like weird and distant. I was like, is everything okay? And then you just were like, I'm not the man you think I am. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you I started with this thing. And you're like, it. I got to go. We got to leave dinner. And I was like, holy fucking shit. He's going to break up with me. Like, didn't want to get married. Now he's freaking out. Cold feet. It's over. And we have this like silent, like walk of silence back to the hotel room that now looks like the shining hallway in my memory. Um, mm-hmm. And we got back to the hotel room and you're like, I've, been unfaithful and I don't want to bring a child into the world like this. And I'm relieved that you're not pregnant because there's just, there's too much darkness and I I need to get this off my chest. And basically if you will ever forgive me, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I had to tell her. I had to, I had to tell her we had started this life. We had gotten married and uh, we were gonna have kids, and I couldn't do it. I, I, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't continue on living in this crazy world, living in my mind, living this lie. And so I told her. I didn't get caught. I told her. I told her everything. <clears throat> and I was a mess. Oh, I was threw up all the wine. I was like, oh, oh. Aaron is ice fucking cold sitting on the couch, which was worse. Just looking at me, watching me just go through it, throwing up, puking. I've ruined everything. If it was a movie, you know, and we're doing a scene, the director would cut and be like, all right, Oliver, you're way over the top. You got to bring <laughs> You got to bring it down because you were way over the top. I was, I was out of my mind. Well, I was in, I think, a state of shock. I was also angry. I, I, my whole thing I had always said, and I've said this to every relationship I was ever in, you know, we're humans. It's fucking, you know, not easy no matter how in love you are. Everybody makes mistakes. Like, I get it. I get attraction. I get all that kind of shit. But I was like, if something ever happens, just tell me so I don't hear it from someone someone else. And I would do the same because I feel like there's something to be said when you come 
and say to the person, I've done this. It's different than a rumor. It's different than other people knowing. It's also saying, I want you to know from me, which in my mind, getting caught means you weren't done doing it. And, you know, then you got to pay the consequences and you're going to have to be done. But when you're coming forward, you're basically saying, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I want you to know. So that was always my like golden rule. And I just didn't think it was going to actually happen. <laughs> and no, when it why not? did. That was crazy. I mean, I remember in the in that hotel room, I was like turned into a little child. Remember? I was like, Are you crying? I want to call my mom. I want my mommy. I was yeah. like, I need my mommy. Even though I was the one who did all of the horrible things, like I need, I needed love. I needed someone to like hold me. You know what I mean? It was selfish, but still I was like, I was just spinning and like, oh my God. And I just remember thinking like, I got fucking played and I had no idea. So separate from jealousy or the questions, like right away in my mind, I was just like, oh my fucking God. Like you played me. Like I thought, you know, you wouldn't do this or whatever. And it was, I was so angry. And I literally said to you, you're going to call my dad and tell him why we're getting divorced after three months of marriage. Yeah. Um, it was but, a done deal for I didn't call him me. then. No, but I just, in my mind, I was like, so we're we, done. So we were driving home, a rental car. I left the car in Vegas because I couldn't drive. We get up the next morning and I get a car to take us because I was just in no shape. And that car ride from LA to uh, from Vegas to LA was really crazy. And, and you know, I was just crying and it was silent and I was just going through it and, you know, just thinking about how I've just destroyed one of the great things in my life. And um, and then it happened. And for me, it was the moment that I knew that things might be okay. Because Aaron took my head and she put it on her lap. And then she just started stroking my hair because she knew the kind of pain that I was in. And that's the kind of woman she is, by the way. And that in that moment... I was like, okay, you know, I think we we might have a ch- we might have a chance, and um, then the work started. Well, I think also, I will say just for that moment in the car, it's like, you know, I, I'm very, um, I don't know, I'm just realistic, and like, I know that there are women that would, you know, never look back, and I respect that. Um, I think for me the biggest thing is like, you're madly in love with someone. We were literally on a high of trying to make a baby and coming off of our honeymoon. And you don't all of a sudden fall out of love. I mean, I didn't anyway. So I was like, I still love this person. I am brokenhearted, angry. Um, you know, I mean, there's just so many things swirling, but I knew that the reality of men and women and monogamy. I, I, I'm just very realistic, I, I guess. And I, you know, I thought it was over. I mean, I knew in my mind, it's really, really, really hard to come back from, right. uh, you know, right. infidelity and, and, and earn trust back. And I, you know, I was more sad at that point. I think I was angry and I was sad. And I just thought we had something really fucking good and he just couldn't, he couldn't do it. And that was like devastating. Right. But then you go, then you go deeper, you know what I mean? And that's where you, I always say, whenever I write you, 
letters because I write her letters at least once a year, handwritten letters. She's the most evolved woman that I know, you know, and this is one of the reasons why. I mean, she's looking at things in a bigger picture. Yes, she can be reactionary. Why shouldn't she be? You know, but when we got home, we, we moved out. You know, we had our home, but she moved in with her friend Jackie. I moved in with my parents. She she didn't want to be in that house, you know. Well, I, there were so many questions once yeah. it started happening because it's not like that night you told me everything that went on in those couple of years. It was like you just were generalizing. Well, a then we bit. we got into therapy. And we got I into mean, we therapy. got into therapy, and things came out in because therapy. basically what I thought was, you know, our parents got involved. Everyone was very supportive around us. I knew, you know, this person, you know, basically like, you know, it, was, it came down to this. Your mom looked at me and said, please do not give up on him. If you can give it a try in therapy to work through something like this, please do it because he is going to change for himself, whether it's for you or not. And then she's like, and then there's going to be someone else in our lives and I don't want anybody else in our, in our <laughs> lives. I want you to be my daughter-in-law and I really think well, you, you know, saw you should me give as, it. You, you know, you saw this as an act. You know, not not as a whole of who of who I am. You know, I'm not a bad, nefarious, disgusting, horrible human being at the core. You know, this was symptomatic of a lot of things in my life, and it takes someone evolved like you and someone like my mom who would help you to understand that take the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think honestly, that's the problem, not just in relationships, but not just in love relationships, but relationships in general. We are so quick to throw everything away now instead of really take a 30,000 foot view, mm-hmm. look at the whole person and get into the souls, get into the emotions, get into a little bit of the well, psychology because- of who these people are and maybe understand to then grow with or at least give it a, an attempt. And then if you can't, okay. Right. But I think also at that moment in time, those couple weeks where I was still in shock and, you know, kind of just devastated, it was over. We didn't have kids. Okay. We didn't have a lot of years of marriage under our belt. It was different. It was still very fresh and very fun. And I mean, you know, a, a part of it was we were not bad. Okay. So meaning like we were still having fun together. We were still having sex all the time. We were, you know, you had your own thing. It wasn't like our relationship had deteriorated or, you know, we had grown apart. I mean, those factors were important. And then I think for me, I said to you at that point in time, and I guess this speaks to kind of being evolved. And I said, this is your opportunity to go because I will love you for that decision as well. Meaning do not stay because you feel guilty or like you should, or you don't want to lose me, like lose me. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I remember sitting in Jen's office and just saying like, I will still respect you. Like, do not do this because you're scared to lose me. Don't do this. Cause like you think it's the right thing and your parents and my parents and everyone's involved. Like it's Okay. Mm -hmm. If you need to go, like, I understand Mm -hmm. that. Like, we're still young. You're young. Like, you know, you've been so honest and so eager to fix this, but like, just make sure it's about fixing you and not like saving our relationship. And then we had a week without each other Mm because it was just therapy. And I, you know, I I think I really did think you were going to do that. And I thought maybe our story will reconnect one day because... 
I did believe in us, but I knew you were young. I knew there was so much that you still needed to personally deal with from your childhood and your father and all of your ego and self-worth. And it it just, it was a big undertaking. Um, But you were very, very adamant about doing it together. And um, Mm -hmm. so we started the journey of therapy. Which was great. Coors Light, baby. Coors Light. Ollie, you're in the Rockies. Um, if you could see me right now, I am sitting at the birthplace of Coors Light in Colorado. Summer always feels like the shortest season. I know, it does. But when you need to make the most of it, you just need to chill. You got to chill. Just have a Coors Light. You got to sit by the pool. You got to get your cooler out, fill it with Coors Light, ice cold Coors Light. And just sip on those cores light while you hang out with your friends and you laugh and you talk shit and mm-hmm. watch the sun go down. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, does it get better than that? I don't think so. It's a cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged, crisp, refreshing. It's perfect for a moment to unwind this summer. It's crisp as shit. I'm about to go play golf right now, loading up the cooler with, co- with Coors Light. Coors Light is the official beer of slowing down summer because as the beer that is made to chill, we want you to savor every second of summer. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash Hudson. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. But here's how fucked up I was. My therapist didn't even know what was going on. Like, I had my therapist, but I wouldn't even tell him through these two years what I was going through because that's, I was so ashamed of it. I was like, I don't want to, I was just, it was horrible. But the, the best was when Aaron made me call her dad, <laughs> you know, because he's old school, you know. And I was like, Brooks, you know, here's what happened. And, da, 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 da. and I told her everything. He goes, What do you mean? He goes, You told her you didn't get caught. And I'm like, no, I, I told her because I couldn't live with this. And he, and he goes, you weren't married when you did any of this? I said, no. He's like, all right. He goes, oh, it sounds good to me. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, you're, yeah, it's a little exaggeration. I mean, a little but bit, but he was definitely. I think what he said to me was, you know, you guys have something special. I have men, grown men, that wouldn't have enough courage you know, or respect to do what he did. You were not married at the time. Nothing went on in your own home. These were isolated incidents. It wasn't a full-blown love affair of, you know, with one person. This was, he really broke it down and it is generational. And, you know, my dad was like, I'll support you whatever you do. But, you know, we were there at your wedding and, you know, if you guys are going to give it a try, we support that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had them as such a model of, you know, they're just the best and they're, and they're opposites. They're not perfect, but they work and, you know, they've been together for 150 years (laughs) and they've seen a lot and, and I've seen it through their eyes of relationships. And anyways, I went in it with a very like bleak outlook. I thought it's worth it. We're married. I I love this person. I'm going to try, but I don't think it's going to work. And I just didn't have my hopes up. I think, you know, infidelity is really hard. I think trust. I said to you, I go, look, you're going to probably do all this amazing work. You might become the most honest, you know, 
wonderful person and partner. And I said, and I will probably deteriorate and become jealous and insecure. I don't want to be checking your phones and not trusting you. It's an ugly, dark place. And Mm -hmm. it, it is, it's poison. And I didn't, I've had that feeling before. I didn't want that. And I didn't want that to be the reason we broke up in a few mm-hmm. years I because that. I couldn't handle it. And I became insecure and all of those ugly things that it can bring out. I didn't want, that's not who I am. I, I've, I've done, you know, and been there and it just is not mm-hmm. a place I wanted to be. And so, you know, we had a lot of uh, stuff. I mean, I, I remember sitting with our therapist and I said, you don't have to do it right this second, but we're going to meet here, whatever it was, a few days later, and you're going to tell me every single detail and thing that went on. Mm-hmm. And, the you know, Oliver's looking at me like a fucking deer in headlights. And my therapist <laughs> is like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think this is a good idea. And I looked at my therapist and I said, it's not your relationship. It's mine. And I looked at Ollie and I said, if you're not up for it, I understand. But if we are going to move forward, that's what I need to know for mm-hmm. me. It was who knew and all these people thought that I didn't fucking know. And that was my therapy right. that I needed to work on. Right. Because right. That was the big thing. It was oh, less was about the physical and I was more ashamed. about I was like, who yeah. knew? And they're walking around. And then these uh, fucking whores, you know, are walking around like, oh, she has no idea. But I was with her person. I mean, all of that shit, that was my issue and my problem, which, of course, is not everybody is. And But for me, it was like, I don't want to find something else out five years down the road and we bump into somebody or something comes up. Mm -hmm. I was all about, if we're doing this, we're a team now. I want to know everything. I want you to call all the people and let them know that I know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm saying all, I mean, it wasn't, you know, like a list of 20, but it was definitely a handful. And I had a few, you know, kind of ultimatums. And I was like, if you're not okay with it, I understand. But moving forward, that's what I need. And then you came back a week later and you were like, I'm ready. And I said, okay, here we go. And he told me things that I definitely would never, ever have found out, probably for like three lifetimes. And I was definitely like, what did I, what did I do? Um, but it just... It made me feel like I knew. It gave me the confidence to say, okay, he was willing to share this shit with me and we could yeah. put it behind us. And then there were no secrets. There was no me wondering, you know, oh my God, am I going to run run into somebody? Who's going to know? I, all that shit got cleared up. Mm-hmm. And then we had, um, then it just kind of rebuilt and it really was the but it's, pre but it, it, and the post right, of our relationship. Takes, but, but, you know, yes. And I want to be clear, like, you know, that Aaron is, I did a lot of work. I did work for myself, meaning like if I don't want to be this kind of a human being with or without her, that's it. But for her, again, talking about the evolution, for her to be able to take me back to create this life, I mean, pretty much, I don't know what I would be. I don't know what I'd be doing. I don't even know what I'd be without you. I really don't. I don't know what would be what my life would look like. And it's all we're always working. You know, we got to make I want to make that clear. It doesn't just end. You're always working. You know, this is a major mark 
on our our relationship and it's only made it better and honest and you know yeah i feel like we had an innocence before sure and then you know but then then there's different iterations you know down the road boom something else might happen nothing bad bad but you know you got to check yourself and you're we're constantly working you know not just from my standpoint but from each other's standpoint you know what i mean like this is what I'm feeling. I don't like this. You don't like that. I mean, this this position, you know, is is by far the harder position to be in. Um, I mean, I could literally do my own podcast on it and healing and forgiving because for years I I forgave, but I was still holding on to so much. Um, and I had this feeling of like, how could you do that to me? How could you? And it was those those things that it took me a long time to get over. It it was, you know, a long time to kind of separate that you could be in love with me and have sex with another person or whatever because I couldn't do that. So through therapy, you kind of realize just because it's how you think or how you would work, it doesn't mean that's the same for everybody else. There is a difference between love and sex. You know, I, I feel like... I was getting over that kind of stuff. And then it was the forgiveness because I held it over you for a long time too. Even though it was amazing, I'd have these like steps backwards where there was anger and resentment and darkness and, um, you know, and everything would be going great. And then all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, what happened? Wait, where did you go? What, what, what's happening? And it was years of getting through that and rebuilding trust. And, you know, it's, it's definitely not easy. I'm not going to say that, but and, and every relationship is different. Just, I mean, all the details from your childhood right. to your upbringings, right. to your past relationships, right. to where you are, um, you know, all of it, your careers, is, your things. I mean, all that kind of stuff. This is ours. Story, but it was, and know. I think I also learned a lesson to understand that, you know, just because the fairy tale, you know, worked for my parents and I felt very deserving of it. Um, you know, it was this kind of all roses wedding and we're going to have babies and we're going to be together forever. It put a reality on the sense that like, no, we're not. And you have to work at things and always kind of, you know, show up and be willing to evolve and ebb and flow. And, you know, you both have to always want to be there. I remember this is going to sound so corny, but I remember Gwyneth, said, you know, had some quote that her mom or dad had always said to her, like, you you just, you both have to always want to be there or work on it. Or like, you both don't want to get divorced at the same time. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Something like that, where mm-hmm. even if one of you is like, ah, the other one has to kind of pull for you or still show you the reasons to still be there. Mm-hmm. And, and then... I think we just got really lucky with our chemistry because that's like something that yeah. I think is super no, important. No, that and then just, and, you know, just the constant work, the constant communication, me come, trying to come out of my shell. Well, and, we ha- yeah. You know, doing my thing, going to Hoffman, you know, which I've talked about on this podcast, wanting to be better, wanting to understand the root of why I am the way I am and why I do the things that I do. You yeah, know, and we still also, do, and you know, you do counseling together and we, we did hardcore for a while. Now when we need it, we'll get together and have a session. Because we had about, I would say 10 <clears throat> years after the wedding that was like amazing and blissful. And then, you know, there was a moment 
New Orleans y time that you kind of were starting to fall back a yeah, little bit to old patterns. Ups. There was no like nothing, not even nothing close, not nothing even physical close to what I was doing, you know, a hundred years ago. Right. But just you, you can slip back and you got to catch yourself and you got to, you know. I think here's the other thing for me. It was realizing no matter how much I love you, you have to love yourself. And so I think a lot of times those darker places, whether it be infidelity or drugs or gambling or things or whatever these places that people go to are so deeply rooted and personal and have less to do with the partner. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying some marriages, it's like, hey, the partner could suck. And, and a lot of people go and find affection and love and, you know, things in other places. That's, of course, you know, the classic um, reason for it. They're finding something somewhere else. But when things are good in a relationship and your partner has their own personal demons or battles going on, it can sometimes have nothing to do with you. And separating that was really hard. I mean, it took a lot of work and I think Ellie's like saved me, saved our marriage. Um, but keeping that open line of communication and being vulnerable. It's the hardest thing to do these days. But vulnerability um, is just huge. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that too. <laughs> but being willing to like talk about your fears and your insecurities and your vulnerabilities. And it just has allowed, I think, for a lot of growth, mm. I will say. And now we're here. Yeah. Not perfect, but perfectly together. <laughs> Sounds like Ellie. (laughs) With three beautiful kids. Yep. Wow. So we went there. Um, We don't have to put it in. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So where do we cut to? So then (laughs) we had our babies. Yay. No, No, but you know, look, there's a lot and it's a lot. And it's a a lot. Maybe there's a part two of this shit too where we actually talk about our the rest of our lives after that. I don't know. I, you know what it it's is never too? Been, our relationship has never been better. We're 20 years in. Sex is fucking crazy. I mean, it's- Well, that's also vulnerability. I think that's connection. That's like right. going to places where the intimacy level is at places that it's never been. And it, it sounds crazy because you hear those stories of- I used to think like when people would say, oh, marriage is work. And I used to think, I don't want to be in a marriage that's work. But you know what that means like with experience. And, you know, it's also just it's you get to different places and there's just levels of growth, I think. But, you know, I look at it too and I think, you know, back to – People or, you know, I have friends or people we meet and they're like, oh, my God, you guys have the best relationship or, oh, that's I want to be, you know, in a relationship like you guys. And when I never shy away from like pretending that it's perfect. But right now it's pretty fucking perfect and it's pretty amazing. And so but I'm always like we. But but think about what I'm going through right now with my crazy anxiety and shit. Like, I know. know, Yeah, you call it perfect, but you're having to deal with a psychopath. You know what I mean? True. Like having panic attacks and nah, 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 being disconnected and I'm trying to figure out medication again. I mean, so yeah, we're always trying to help out, help each other. Now, Erin happens to be a fucking angel sent down from heaven. I, She doesn't have many things wrong when I say that. There's, I'm not being hyperbolic in any way. Like she might have some anxiety over our kids falling down the stairs or getting hurt. 
or whatever. They ride motorcycles. My motorcycles, right. Those kinds of external fears and stuff. But she's so solidly made and so solidly raised and has such incredible perspective on things. And that's why she's so evolved. And that's why she's so loved by every single human that she comes into contact Mm. with. It's fucking crazy. And that's why I'm so lucky, you know, (laughs) honestly. And I don't know. And it was hard. It's hard. It was hard for me um, post going to Hoffman to explain and express the way that I would fe- could feel about you. Because, <clears throat> again, that vulnerability would hurt. Mm-hmm. It would feel like scary. I would want to crawl into a shell. It's scary. But it's just the truth and not saying that, you know, li- life will never be perfect. We're always ebbing and flowing. We're always hitting the bumps. And um, it's just about taking it in stride. Really? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, because we've also been pretty fucking blessed. You know, it's like, A, yeah. our love, B, healthy children. You know, it's like, if you can be on solid ground and pretty connected and in a good place for when the real stuff happens, you know, like whatever it might be, your anxiety or, you know, sickness in families or whatever down the road, it's like... um and, you know, I think it is with age comes, you know, or experience and age, all of that kind of stuff. There's you just you do see things differently and it isn't just about yourself. It is such a partnership. So, um, you know, and it's also about raising these kids and being a team there. It does. It gives you this different element. Right. Of, well, we could do a whole parenting podcast. Next, yeah. OK. I guess. You're right. hungry. I have a headache. <laughs> Hungry and a headache. How do you feel about talking about all this? I mean, I guess I, I feel fine. I, it, it's so um, a part of us. And I'm sure I could be very judged. And, you know, for a long time, I had so much. Insecure. You ju- you could be judged about me. I'm, oh, I could God, be like yeah. Just fucking annihilated right now. I mean, if we put this no, on but the people air. are going to be like, how could you stay with him? How could you do that? Da, 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 da. I mean, I had so much insecurity around that. And people saying like, oh, well, of course she stayed with him. Or, you know, oh, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. And, you know, I mean, there's so many like judgments and things going around. But. You know, it's a part of us. We were very young. It was feels like a lifetime ago. And I'm happy we went through it then. And you kind of wanted to face a lot of things way back then. You know, I think a lot of people probably carry shit around and don't know why they do the things that they're doing and they don't like it. And that was you. And getting into finding out why you were doing it when you had something that you treasured and loved and everything was so great. But behind closed doors, there was this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. And I'm all, I, I love... I'm scared. You are? Mm-hmm. Everyone be nice. <laughs> I'm also just somebody... I, I, I mean, I'm like, always an open book. Everyone knows that. But just like, you know, it's a big part of my life that yeah, but I guess I, I could say I'm ashamed of. But then, I, I honestly, I don't know what I would be without that. You know what I mean? Because it could have come out later and I might not have been in a place. Well, just, we could just, have been down the road. Right, we could have had gen- children. Just, just generally, you know. you know, but. There's a lot of factors playing into it. I also <clears throat> am probably one of the most least like judgmental people in the world. And especially after becoming a mom, um, you know, in this day and age of social media and just all of it, I'm kind of like, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. And. I think there should be respect for everybody's path and it may not be yours. You might not agree with it. Um, 
And that's okay, you know? And you don't know other people's stories. That's the other right. thing, you know? It's like there's so many right. lessons to be learned, right. you know? We're so quick to kind of, you know, judge or assume or, you know, label. Oh, hi. And then our biggest son comes in. Here What's comes up? our teenager, part two. Okay. That was our son. Teenagers. Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> we should do one with the kids. That would be fun. That'd be so um, funny. All right. Okay. Let's I think that's good. Up. Wrapping it up. I love you. Wow. Laid it all out there. From acting class to therapy. I know. To now. I know. 20 years in. Okay. <laughs> hope, we, hope, we still may, hope we're still together when the podcast airs. I don't know. You never know. All right. I love you. Okay. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson. Producer is Allison Bresnik. Editor is Josh Windish. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. If you want to show us some love, rate the show and leave us a review. This show is powered by Simplecast. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah and some waves so we could go surfing oh <laughs> ah, love that a redwood forest would be cool i'm in ah ski slopes let's do it um tenor girl go shopping yeah, wait did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.